I was selling cocaine by the kilogram, living the life, but I ended up in jail. And that's what Jesus meant me and changed my life. And I will never be the same again. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist On Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Lately, we've been talking about the drug problem in New York City, where cocaine traffickers are moving tons of kilos of cocaine throughout New York. It's a very big business with a lot of money in it. There's Colombian, Dominican, Mexican drug trafficking organizations, DTOs, as we've been talking about. And much of the drugs are coming through New York are imported from these organizations. But can someone from one of these organizations have a changed life in Christ? Well, in our last show, Herman Mendoza shared with us how he was involved directly in one of these D2Os. And he detailed for us what it was like to be part of that. He talked about the woman. He talked about the money. He talked about being in millionaires' houses. It was fantastic, but the truth is that he was very empty inside. And he's going to talk about how Jesus Christ changed his life. Herman, welcome back to the show. Great to be on again. Herman, it's good to have you back again. And I'm super curious because I understand you were a fugitive and then you were arrested and now you're going to jail jail. You were in big trouble and then lo and behold, your brother was in there with you and he gave his life to Jesus. Was that weird? Yeah, that was incredible because once I arrived in the prison, they sent me to the same dormitory or same cell block where my brother was housed. He sees me and he looks at me and he just can't believe it. He's praising God. And I'm looking at him with indifference. I'm telling him, why are you saying praise God and thank you, Jesus, while we're in prison? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I had no understanding of his conversion, understanding of, you know, his identity now that was found in Christ. And little by little, he was just ministering to me. I was so depressed. And one day he invited me to the chapel. It was being run by inmates. Wow. So the pastor was an inmate preaching to other inmates. And I went there and I sat in the back observing this religious service, not understanding what was going on, and seeing these men that were extradited from Colombia and other parts of the world from big-time cases that were crying out to the name of Jesus Christ and saying, thank you, Jesus, for saving me and making all these testimonial claims. And it was something different about them. And so I had left the chapel, and then about a week or two, my wife had left me. My case went down south pretty much. I get everything went haywire, like in terms of the outcome of my case, because my attorneys were saying, you're going to face a lot of time in prison, 18 years minimum. Wow. And I just felt bad. And one day my brother said, look, God can change your life around. Come to the service once again. And as I was making my way to the chapel, I was having this conversation with God. I was saying, God, I just need peace. I'm losing my mind here help me to find peace. Hmm. And so I sat again in the back and the preacher was saying, hey, there's someone here amongst the 55 inmates that were housed 
you know who you are. You're looking for peace. God wants to give you this peace that surpasses all understanding. Wow. And I felt the tug in my heart. For the first time, I felt convicted of the wrongs that I have committed. I felt a godly sorrow that led me to repentance. Wow. And I went to the altar and I bowed down before the Lord and I was weeping and crying and asking God to forgive me. That's amazing. And I accepted Jesus Christ and the Lord just enveloped me with his presence. I just felt a sense of peace and I wanted to make amends with everyone. And so I contacted my mom and said, mom, I'm born again. I'm a Christian. And she was so happy for me. God started to work in me in that prison cell. Wait, so you were like calling your mom, apologizing to her. Like, what did that conversation sound like? Yeah. You know, my mom was like, I can't believe that my son is professing to be a Christian now. She didn't have all the understanding of Christianity, but she understood that my life had radically changed. Hmm. Even in my conversation with her, I was asking for forgiveness. Wow. So God started to use my brother and I, and we started to apply for college courses to learn more about theology and learn more about the Word of God. Wow. And we were contacting different you know, organizations and different churches to send us Bibles. And so we became the ministers of the inmates there. It was just incredible. Your life was changed. Like you were in there and obviously you're using your time probably doing what? Like reading scripture at first before you got to the whole ministry stuff? Yeah, yeah. Taking Bible courses and doing all these great things, you know, for the kingdom of God. And eventually I was sentenced, which that in itself was a miracle. My wife came to know Christ. Wow. One day in the visiting area, she came to actually tell me that she wanted a divorce. And I had prayed for three days for her salvation. And she said, look, I have bad news to share with you. And I said, look, I have some good news to share with you. Give me five minutes. And so I asked for forgiveness. She said, look, I want what you have. Because I told her that even if she leaves me, all I wanted for her was to know Jesus. Wow. And so she accepted Christ right in that visiting area. It's amazing. And eventually I was sentenced and released and God started to work in me. I started a not-for-profit organization. I was working for my attorneys. <laughs> they employed me because I learned a lot about law while incarcerated. Well, wow. God was just using me. And the elected officials in my neighborhood started to take wind of what I was doing with young people, changing their lives around by ministering to them. And from there, God just propelled me to become a pastor. I was ordained and then eventually started to travel around the world. Herman, let me ask you a question. How does coming to know Christ help you to overcome the alcohol and the need for drugs? Well, it was the genuine transformation. All my desires and my wants and my needs were now focused on my true identity, which was found only in Christ. Mm. All those desires that I once wanted to have was no longer my desire. My desire was to be fulfilled in Christ. That's amazing. And so the Holy Spirit filled me with joy, with peace, with love, and to care for others and not spew drugs across America, but to share the love of Christ with others. And that really propelled me to be recognized. And I was invited to the UN, invited to different Ivy League universities, to Indiana. The governor of Indiana invited me to speak at the prayer breakfast there. We became friends. And then God sent me around the world to travel around the world on behalf of working with children. And now I'm working in a mega church in Flushing, Queens, and a Korean-American church as a lead pastor leading a Spanish congregation. Only God can do that. That's awesome. And all my friends now are the Supreme Court judges and law enforcement. Totally on the other team. It's just crazy what God has done in my life. And I wrote a book dubbed Shifting Shadows, How a New York Drug Lord Found Freedom in the Last Place He Expected. 
Herman, that's awesome. Let me ask you a question. I bet a lot of people are wondering this. How about the money? Did you ever miss the money? Did you ever look back and be like, gosh, you know, it really was better having that money or no? Christ has been much better. No, it never crossed my mind because now I'm more happier. Really? I live a joyful life. Wow. It's a fulfilled life and God has blessed me in so many ways. And those ill gains are no longer part of my life. Everything that the Lord has given me belongs to Christ. Yeah. Everything is His. Everything returns back to Him. Every good thing belongs to the Lord. You found true peace. I found true peace. The peace that you found initially when you gave your life to Christ, is it still there? It's still there. It's vibrant. <laughs> you know, I've been saved since 1998. I'm still serving the Lord. And it's just been a great journey and a great life. Pastor Herman, your story is inspiring. I love how your love for the Lord, it just comes out of a deep reverence of the forgiveness that He gave you. May the Lord continue to bless you in all that you're doing. And thanks so much again for sharing the truth about the DTOs and how Jesus can change literally anyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you once again for having me. Hey guys, let's ponder some deep thoughts together right after the short break. Hey everyone, as an evangelist, I'm really into changing people's lives with a powerful message of the cross. Do you know people are getting set free from drugs, addictions, and internal anguish by the power of the Holy Spirit working through our show? Will you ask the Holy Spirit if He wants you to partner with us financially? Every donation will help us to reach 1 million more people. Think of it, 30 people giving $100 a month will bring this show in front of 1 million more people. Will you help me to get to one more city in the U.S.? You can give by going to AwakenTheNations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at www.TheRealLifeRadioShow.com. That's www.TheRealLifeRadioShow.com. Please help us to expand the reach of these shows. We couldn't do it without you. More Real Life starts now. Welcome back to the show. I want to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, it's quite a coincidence that he ended up in the same jail as his own brother. I mean, Herman's story really reveals the divine moments that God places in all of our lives. And if we take him up on it, he has quite an adventure of redemption for us. I really liked how after Herman gave his life to Jesus, that the Lord started to reveal to him and convict him of who he had hurt in the past. He began to realize how bad of a sinner he really was. It's written in John chapter 16, 8 through 9. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. And he is talking about the Holy Spirit, okay? You know, Herman's story shows how the Holy Spirit, when he came into Herman's life, began to convict him of the sin from living a godless life. Could you imagine what he went through during this time? I mean, I'm sure God was showing him the truth about what it meant to be the chief of all sinners, walking him through step by step. And it's no wonder why Herman is such a humble man today, because he realizes who he is before the most holy God. This is what happens when someone comes to know Christ they realize that they are sinners and in need of saving grace. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He illuminates the reality that we thought we're so good, but we're really not that good before God. And how could God want to save someone who even society rejects? A man who is living in the shadows, doing all types of evil things. This story demonstrates the true love of God for sinners. 
It's written in Romans chapter 5, verses 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Think of it, beloved. All those years that Herman didn't know the Lord. He did so much evil. And it was in the full knowledge that Herman would live that type of lifestyle. That was when Jesus died for Herman's sins. Beloved, think of your life, your past sins. It was when you were a sinner, when Jesus thought of you. He extended his grace to you by dying on the cross and paying the penalty for your sins, for my sins. How can we not fall in love with a God who loves us so much? You know, I think about my life and I think about how the whole society says, I'm actually a very good person, even when I was an atheist. The truth is when God began to illuminate my sins and reveal to me that, gosh, this is so bad before a holy God, I realized I needed him. And I know that there's someone right now, you're listening to this and you're like, gosh, that's me. I know that I need help. I know I need forgiveness. Lord Jesus, we receive that forgiveness now. Jesus, you died on the cross so that we could receive this right now by faith, friend. We receive you, Jesus. We believe in you. We ask for you to come into our lives and change our lives, God. Forgive us of our sins and make us new creatures. We receive you. We believe in you. In Jesus' mighty name. I hope you are blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. You can search us on social media by typing The Real Life Radio Show and follow us for more updates and content on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. See you next time.